It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And our attention to pet questions and Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Ministry Veterinary Group, joining me. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And you're very welcome to the programme. Let me start with some of our text questions in. There was a, one in here from Jim in Whelan to say hi. Just wondering if you could ask Jane Pickett for advice, please, on a stray fox, a mother and a cub that are calling to my house. I'm feeding them, but the mother fox is lame on her front leg just for the last few days and is now hopping on three legs. I'm wondering if it's broken uh, or how might it have happened. She's tame enough but not tame enough for me to catch her. Is there any way to catch her, to have her leg seen to, or will it just mend itself, says Jim in Whelan. Oh, this is a really, really, really difficult one because it always breaks your heart when you see wildlife that are a little bit injured and by their very nature to keep themselves safe, they're not tame. So they're kind of pre-programmed to stay away from people. I think it's always lovely to see the foxes kind of calling in. We uh, At home, I have a, a little fox that I see trotting across the field every evening. So they're a pleasure to have around. Um... This this could be a variety of things. If it's gone quite lame on one leg, it could be anything from a, a minor sprain or a strain right up to being a, a broken bone. So there could be a, a vast variety of, of things that could be going on, some which will probably sort themselves, some which might, some which might take a long time. Um, I think as long as she's still mobile, then that's always a good sign. But obviously we don't want to see them in pain or discomfort. Now, I wouldn't say unless you're uh, an experienced wildlife handler, um, sufficiently trained, I wouldn't suggest trying to go near or catch the fox. Because as I say, they are, they are wild animals and that's their protective mechanism to keep them safe. Um, so it's quite likely. And particularly that she's got young with her. Exactly, that's the thing. She's going to be extra protective. So I think approaching this animal is probably not the best idea. I think if you have any concerns regarding her, the best thing to do would be to speak to, there's some, usually some wildlife charities in your area, some of which might be quite experienced, or alternatively speak to the ISPCA and have a chat with them because I know they, they engage with wildlife on a regular basis. Um, so I think there's definitely some there out there to discuss your concerns with, but I wouldn't suggest approaching the animal yourself. I think, it for, is, but for it sake. keep feeding though, to Jim, keep feeding. Oh, yeah. And it is possible that if it's just a bad sprain, it'll 
sort itself out while the animals it are good well, at that? Exactly, it could well do. I think the healing capacity of animals and ourselves is, is fantastic sometimes, but it, it really depends on what's wrong. So if it's something very mild, you might notice that the lameness goes away. I think definitely keep feeding. They're clearly calling and they, they need it. Um, but I think if you're concerned or if the lameness continues, just contacting a, a wildlife organisation okay. would be the way to go. All right, a couple of interesting calls in. Mick in Yall has two Jack Russell Terriers, lives in an apartment. They get nervous at times, which what seems to be a high-pitched sound. He's wondering, could it be a high-pitched sound? I think somebody's wondering that only they can hear. He's not hearing anything, but when they get a bit distressed, a bit upset, as soon as he takes them out to the van, they're fine, they disappear. It looks like it's a sound that must be happening every now and again, because they're not all the time uh, nervous. Uh, he's, he's wondering what could it be? How could he get to the bottom of it? And if it's any way of finding out, and is it possible that it is a sound that only the dogs are picking up on? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. I, I think he, he, you could potentially be right. It might be a sound that's so high-pitched that we as humans can't hear it, but our dogs can. Um, or it might be a sound that is very quiet to us, but our dog's hearing hearing capacity is so good that they might be able to hear softer sounds than we can hear. Um, it definitely sounds like whatever's going on, whether it be a sound or something else, it's intermittent because it sounds like they're quite relaxed in between times and there definitely seems to be a trigger as such. Dogs can hear much higher frequencies than we can. They can hear much better than we can, an average healthy dog, but also they're a lot more perceptive to other things that aren't just kind of ear-related or sound-related. So minor changes in behaviour, um, changes in light, he's they're far, far more sensitive than we are. Um, so it could be a variety of things. Getting to the bottom of it's really difficult, and I suppose the one thing I'd say is just track their little behaviour patterns. There's a certain times of the day that happens. Is there are certain things, maybe even that you do, that seems to happen around the time where it's triggered? Because sometimes it could be a, a, a small little thing like a change in our behaviour pattern, um, and they might perceive that as a worry or a change to the daily routine. So just try and kind of sit back and think about what it is. I think as long as they're otherwise healthy, happy in themselves, and it's very intermittent, I wouldn't be terribly concerned about it. Um, I think as well, the one thing I'd say is that they, if they are getting very nervous, I'd resist the temptation to, um, let's say, take them out immediately because sometimes we can kind of almost perpetuate a learned behaviour. So they'll, they might clock on that if they start running around and acting a little bit jumpy and nervous that they might get to go out for their walk or their drive and then they might start doing the behaviour um, without any trigger. So I think really just um, if they are getting nervous, it's the same advice of, of, let's say, around kind of Christmas, Halloween time with fireworks. Try and pretend that nothing's going on. So just remain very calm yourself because if they're slightly reactive and then all of a sudden you get really worried because they're worried, which is our natural reaction because we never want to see them concerned, they might feed off that and it kind of perpetuates any anxious they might have. Mm. I think the more relaxed you can be yourself and um, put on some relaxing relaxing tunes is another good thing because if it is sound-based, that might help to cover it. But the more relaxed you can be yourself, the better. You're your 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 kind of your dog's security blanket, so they really feed off our reactions to things too. So oh. I think just bearing that in mind. Okay, Caroline in Black Rock has a five-year-old Shih Tzu male. It isn't neutered. Uh, over the years, he's become more and more possessive, particularly of fluffy things. Uh, for example, a cushion on a bed. If you try to take the cushion away, he will instantly snap at Caroline. She's now getting a bit concerned and she's afraid and she will never leave the dog alone uh, with the children because she's afraid if she's out of the room and the children might go and just reach for something that he's a bit possessive about that he might snap at, at the children instead. He can also be very possessive around his food. 
should she be concerned? Um, in short, yes, a little bit. Um, I think our listener has done exactly the right thing in making sure that she limits the risk to other members of the family. So if there's any kind of question of aggression or potential aggression, um, even if it has an obvious trigger like taking away food or taking away blankets, then I, I think she's totally right to make sure that you know the kids are never left alone with the dog just in case any accidents might happen. And that would be kind of my first protocol. So well done for doing that. Um, it can be a number of things. If it's happened a little bit over the over the years, sometimes if they have a they start with a behaviour and it's not, let's say, called into check early on, sometimes the behaviour can get a little bit worse. So sometimes possessive behaviour can be quite like testosterone driven. Um, so sometimes it can just be protective. And a lot of the time we see that manifesting as them protecting the house and protecting the family, um, which is usually barking at cars and being barking around strangers and things like that. Very occasionally it could be very focused around specific objects that they like, which sounds like what's happening here. I think the best thing to do, and just to make sure that everybody's kept safe in the situation, is probably to intervene at this point and speak to your local vet. I think one thing I'd say is it's always worth doing a physical exam, so speak to your vet about just getting your little dog checked over. Make sure there's no source of pain or discomfort that might be triggering any kind of uh, guarding behaviours. Um, and as well as that, I think have a chat with them about who they would recommend locally as a qualified veterinary behaviourist. So I think probably the most valuable thing in this situation will be to have a trained veterinary behaviourist pop into your house, see what the situation is, see what the triggers are and give you strategies to, to cope and resolve them. Would, so would neutering help? It can do sometimes. I think it really depends on what the underlying problem is. Yeah. So if the underlying problem is that they're a little bit nervous and they're nervous aggressive, then sometimes it's not the most constructive thing to do and, and other things might provoke a, a better response. But sometimes, certainly, if it is t- testosterone-driven, then yes, castration can certainly help. But I think I'd, I'd, I'd speak to your vet and maybe okay. your behaviourist before going there. Phil, how do I train my dog to stop licking everybody? Uh, and I, I can see back on this is coming by WhatsApp and Phil has contacted us in previous uh, weeks so I'm assuming it's the same dog that uh, mm-hmm. Phil is talking about it's it's a little palm it's an eight month old palm oh lovely okay your dog is probably just wanting to say hello to everyone <laughs> um, not everybody dog... likes that though no exactly that's the thing they don't really know the boundaries sometimes um, your dog is probably just trying to I suppose say hello to everyone but also they gain a lot of information themselves by um, touch and taste so they're probably trying to figure out a lot about the world around them particularly if it's still quite a young dog um, sometimes they just do it for a little while and then begin to lose interest once they realise what the world's all about and what people are like um, so you may see the behaviour reduces down I think maybe because everybody doesn't quite like being licked by a dog, if you're out and about, just keeping keeping your dog on lead and under control because sometimes, I suppose even just walking through the park, you might encounter people who are not particularly fond of dogs or maybe even quite afraid of them. So I, I think even though this is a small dog, it could still be quite fearful for, for people who don't really want to have that big welcome of the dog. Um, it may well settle down in its own time. I'd say it's unlikely to be a clinical problem. There's unlikely to be, let's say, a health reason behind it. It's most likely behavioural and kind of finding out about the world. It's probably akin to almost like a baby or a toddler teething and they just kind of (laughs) chew everything around them or, you know, put their mouth around things. And a lot of the time that's kind of them learning about the world and it's very much the same with licking and kind of biting, chewing behaviours in dogs. But I think certainly if it's something you don't want to engage in, the best way to do it is if they start doing that, 
not to shout, nothing like that. Just stop paying attention to them and they'll learn that that behaviour licking doesn't necessarily end with a, a nice fun game or lots of attention for the owner. So if you can just ignore them for five minutes when the behaviour starts, they'll eventually learn it's not a behaviour that leads mm. to a lot of fuss from them. And their dogs are smart. They'll, they'll, oh, so smart. Yeah, she'll pick it up yeah. fairly quickly. Uh, yeah. Sheila says, hi, question for Jane, please. I have two 12-week-old kittens. They're fine and healthy, but one of them constantly latches on to the other one's throat and sucks on it. The result is that the, fair, the fur is wearing off his little neck. He doesn't seem to mind it, but if I separate them, they cry for each other. Is this a dominant thing or is it a comfort thing and nothing to worry about? Just thought I'd ask, said Sheila. I think if it's, let's say, latching on and, and sucking kind of when they're very relaxed, lying down together, it might almost be kind of recreating back when they were with mum and they were suckling. Yeah, that's but what it sounds like. Yeah, very occasionally we see that. Sometimes it can be a dominant behaviour if we see a lot of play fighting. If it's happening at the same time as play fighting is happening between the two little kittens, which is quite normal behaviour to a certain degree. Um, they're just kind of learning how to interact with other cats. Um, then that's a little bit different um, and I try and discourage that because as they get a little bit bigger and bolder they're also a lot more powerful as it were from what you sound like it sounds like that they're just lying down snuggling and then there's a bit, a bit of kind of licking and, and sucking off the neck going on I think I'd watch the watch the cat whose neck is affected very closely because sometimes if there's a lot of saliva or any kind of trauma around the neck it can actually lead to some quite, quite uncomfortable skin problems because a kind of a warm wet moist environment is an ideal place for bacteria to grow. So I think keep a close eye on it. Be careful on that. But it's yeah. just, but the idea of having two 12 week old, old kittens. Oh, I know. I could sit <laughs> and watch them all day. Enjoy them, Sheila, because they don't say that small for very long. No. Hi, I have a dog, uh, nine. She gets lame. Uh, then appears okay, uh, but it keeps reoccurring. She's often lame after rest. Now she is on a mature dog food called ProVac. I'm wondering, would supplements help? Thinking it's just old age. Potentially, it could. If it is, let's say, a little touch of osteoarthritis or joint disease, there is a little bit of evidence behind the use of supplements like glucosamine and chondroitin, but it's not very robust. It's, it's like ourselves going on joint supplements. What I would say is probably before I would go down that route, I think it's probably best to visit your vet um, and have a full physical exam. There's actually a lot of things we can tell from even just simply doing a, a good exam of the skeleton and the muscles. We may be able to feel a little, little bit of creaking in the joints or a reduced kind of range of motion, which would give us clues as to what's causing the lameness. I think always top of our priority list is comfort for these patients, particularly if they're middle-aged to older. And depending on the source of the pain, particularly if it's recurrent, there might be something we can do to solve it. But certainly if it's painful and causing lameness, we might need some pain control long term. And your vet will be the best person to discuss if that's suitable and, and if so, what route to go down. But also have a chat with them about joint supplements and whether that would be appropriate for your dog. Some conditions it can really help with, others not so much. But the focus is always kind of quality of life and comfort. OK, and another listener is suggesting calm Cam canine supplement is good for dogs with behaviour problems. Would you, would you agree? You heard not of that? one I've come across. Okay. No, there's, there's a few different ones on the market. There's also kind of pheromone diffusers that you can plug in. We can't smell them, but they can. And they're almost kind of like the, the happy hormones that they would get if they were suckling from their mum when they were young. So there's lots of products like that in the market. They can be a little bit hit and miss. Anecdotally, 
some people seem to have great success with those kind of things. Work like for some, leaders. not for others. But that's exactly. more for, an, I always uh, I always think anyone I've ever heard that's used uh, one of those diffusers uh, for a nervous, you know, an animal of a very nervous disposition, a very nervous dog, mm-hmm. it's, good, it's a, a good for, again, hit and miss, it works for some, doesn't work for all. Yeah, one one of my dogs worked really well for, and the other one you wouldn't even know it was plugged in. So I think it's very kind of patient dependent. Okay, all right, we'll leave it there. Have a good week. You too. Um, We'll talk next week. That is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW.